This is Mayo Clinic Talks, a curated weekly podcast for physicians and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Daryl Chutka, a general internist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. While a substantial number of both men and women remain sexually active throughout their life, there is a significant decline in sexual activity in older ages. There's also evidence that sexual dysfunction becomes more common with age, more so in females than in males. While primary care providers are in most cases the initial contact for elderly patients with sexual dysfunction, this topic is rarely addressed by healthcare providers. If patients bring up this topic, few providers feel competent to discuss it. With us today to discuss sexuality in the elderly female is Dr. Carol Cool. She's head of the Menopause and Women's Sexual Health Clinic at Rochester, Minnesota Mayo Clinic. Carol, thank you for being here. You're welcome, Daryl. Thank you for inviting me. Well, let's start by talking about what's known about interest in uh, sexual activity with aging. Okay. Um, there was an excellent study that was done by Stacey Landau at the University of Chicago, and they actually looked across the United States at sexual activity in older adults. And they started at age 57, went through age 85, and they surveyed what was their sexual activity, were they having sexual problems, and they found that the prevalence of sexual activity does decrease over time. So the group that was between 57 and 64, they had a prevalence of about 73%, which went down to about 26% uh, when they reached age 75 through 85. Um, University of Michigan just did uh, a national poll on healthcare aging and sexuality was part of it, and they found very similar results. Hmm. So, Carol, in your research, is it known the typical frequency of sexual relations in the older couple? I'm asking for a friend. Well, I always tell patients there is no normal. It's really about what you and your partner um, negotiate. Um, because patients will come in and they'll say, well, how often should I be having sex? And I will say, well, how often do you want to have sex? Because once they know that there's no rules and it's really between the two of them, then they kind of relax about it and don't feel like they have to meet some goal of, of sexual activity. Okay, good. I'll, I'll tell him or her, or him or her that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, does one's interest in sexual activity in older ages correlate with their interest when they were younger? Uh, it actually decreases, mm -hmm. and this is very common. And oftentimes when people come in, they're, they're distressed by their change in their sexual desire. Um, and oftentimes that's why we see them in the clinic in the first place. So it does uh, decrease, and there's lots of factors. Desire itself is one of the primary reasons women have concerns about sexual activity. They feel that there's a uh, disconnect with their partner who still seems to be a little more uh, desirous of having sexual activity. And, and why is that happening? So we have a very uh, complex way that we help them understand what is happening. And the first thing that we do is say, okay, when you have sexual activity, what happens during that sexual activity? To kind of get at, are you functioning? So a, a lot of couples will say, you know, we don't have sex as often, but when we have it, it's great and everything goes well. And I'm like, well, you're functioning well, so that's not really an issue. So then we look at what are the other reasons for decrease in desire and certainly hormonal going through menopause is one of them. Okay. So we look at, uh, we look at, 
physiologic reasons. So is there cancer? Is there heart disease? Is there diabetes? You know, what medications are you on? Then we look at psychological issues. You know, are you having anxiety or depression? Are you using alcohol? Uh, you know, I would say there's a, a line in the sand. A little bit of alcohol helps you relax and in, enjoy sexual activity. And any more than that puts you to sleep and you're probably not going to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to function as well. Then we look at, well, what's happening with the partner? Because that's a huge part of it. Because if you don't like your partner or you're having problems with your partner, your sexual desire is not going to be there because it's about intimacy and closeness. And then it's not uncommon to unveil that people have had sexual abuse in their past or that they've had negative um, messages about sexual activity growing up. And that becomes a complex part of what's going on. One of the big things that we uncover is sleep issues. Hmm. You know, people are not sleeping or they're really distressed. You know, oftentimes the baby boomer, and as they age, then they get distressed by being grandparents, parents, taking care of, you know, caregivers to elderly, and all of that will impact what happens between the couples. Mm -hmm. What are the more common sexual concerns in women as they grow older? So one is primarily is desire. The other, though, is um, arousal and pain with sexual activity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in concert, desire and arousal kind of go together. Um, but arousal and pain can also be uh, mediated by lack of hormone therapy. So it's very common as women go through menopause, they're going to experience not only low desire, but difficulty with arousal and and orgasm um, because of just the physiologic changes from lack of estrogen. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about the anatomic and physiologic changes that occur yeah. as women get older that can affect their mm -hmm. sexual function. Okay. The biggest one is lack of estrogen and what happens to the vagina. Mm -hmm. So um, there's decrease um, in the lining of the vagina, uh, which also affects the uh, blood flow and the neurologic um, innervation, the um, vagina loses elasticity. And so engorgement and lubrication during arousal takes longer. Touch perception actually decreases. And, and women will say, it just takes me a lot longer to get aroused and have orgasm, even though everything else is okay. And then muscle tension changes. So orgasm may not be as strong or as intense um, as it was before. So that's, that's a huge part. That's just normal aging. Um, and so trying to help people have uh, a different mindset about what sexual function is going to be, and then talking about ways we can make those things better. Mm -hmm. Well, we both know that as we age, we tend to develop chronic diseases, which mm -hmm. tend to accumulate. Mm -hmm. What are some of the more common health conditions yeah. that uh, women get mm -hmm. that affects their sexual function? So anyone with heart disease or with diabetes, it, that's a really important um, medical condition to have concerns about. Um, sexual arousal and function is a neurovascular event. So if you have peripheral neuropathy, it's going to affect touch perception. Um, if you have uh, uh, arterial disease, you're not going to get the blood flow that you need um, to the vagina. Um, certainly anything that's um, neuromuscular 
can play a role because of the pelvic floor. Uh, cancer is a huge one. I mean, women who go through cancer therapy even before they get to their elderly years have terrible problems with sexual health, um, lack of hormones because of their treatments, and then pelvic radiation is a big one. So we commonly see patients that have come in that have gone through pelvic radiation years ago, and now they have vaginal stenosis from the fibrosis, and that's the effect of the pelvic radiation. So we try to get those patients early on so we can help them avoid that Mm -hmm. because it can be ongoing over time. Attend live or follow the live stream online course September 26th through the 28th from anywhere in the world to Mayo Clinic's principles in the care of transgender and intersex patients. You'll learn the latest in medical, surgical, psychosocial, legal, and ethical issues from experts who provide care for this emerging patient population. Find out more at ce.mayo.edu slash transgender2019. As we get older, we tend to accumulate medications. Right. And what are the more common medications that can affect sexual function? Certainly well-known is uh, uh, the serotonin reuptake inhibitors, so like Paxil and Prozac and mm-hmm. all these medications. In low doses, they're, they don't have as big impact as uh, the doses as they go up. So it's dose-dependent on uh, the impact on sexual functioning. So when we think about it, we think about not only how the genitals work, we think about what's happening in the brain. So the brain has neural uh, mediators like uh, estrogen and well, and estrogen and dopamine and testosterone, and also has serotonin. So uh, when women take serotonin reuptake inhibitors, sometimes that will decrease their desire, and it actually decreases their ability to uh, have orgasm. Mm-hmm. We don't tell women to stop them, however, uh, because it's been found that if you have depression and you leave it untreated, you're more likely to have sexual dysfunction than if you actually treat the depression. And then sometimes that medication will uh, not be as impactful over time. Mm -hmm. Are there some antidepressants that are less likely to cause sexual dysfunction than Mm -hmm. others? So if we think about the brain again, dopamine is in the brain. So uh, Welbutrin or bupropion is one of the medications that sometimes we actually add to an SSRI if people are having sexual dysfunction. So that's one. Uh, Cymbalta or duloxetine is less likely to have uh, sexual side effects. And then uh, trazodone. Uh, There are actually some studies that are going on now combining some of these different medications to actually enhance uh, sexual function. And so those are ongoing studies. Okay. And we also know that some women are taking hormone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does this have a beneficial effect on sexual function, a negative effect, or is it somewhere in between? So um, women will say um, when they get hormone therapy that they feel better, they sleep better, and they do feel more sexual. Um, Even treating with topical estrogen can really help. So when women have vaginal atrophy and things are thinning out and so the nerves and the blood vessels are all affected and you you revitalize the vaginal mucosa with with topical estrogen, um, it really can improve function as well as desire. Women will say, yeah, I, I 
want to have sex again all of a sudden I, there's something going on you know mm -hmm. that they haven't felt for a while and so um so we do find that it's helpful okay now i know in males we're still learning about the uh, effects of testosterone mm -hmm. and when it should be uh, mm -hmm. prescribed in men mm -hmm. What role does testosterone play in women and sexuality? Mm -hmm. So in women, 40% um, of your testosterone is in your ovary. So there is some loss, but testosterone also comes from adrenal glands. So it's a little different. When women go through menopause, they have this loss of estrogen basically down to nothing except for whatever is um, uh, in the tissues. Um, but testosterone will have a, just a gradual decline over time because it's not just about the ovaries. Um, what happens with menopause is that women, if they have decreased sexual desire, and um, we think it may be related to testosterone, and we've kind of gone through all the other things, we'll say, okay, a little bit of testosterone might be helpful. So that's right around the postmenopausal time, mm -hmm. and that is supported by the Endocrine Society. Um, that we can actually use some testosterone. Try it for three to six weeks. You know, we make sure their liver is okay. Yeah. There's not other, th their breasts are okay. Uh, there have been some now safety data about two years out that says testosterone uh, looks like it's not increasing cardiovascular disease mm -hmm. or breast cancer in, in these patients. So, you know, like with estrogen and with testosterone, we really look at risk benefits and assess each woman individually to make sure what we're doing is safe for them. Mm -hmm. And then if it doesn't work, we just stop it. But we have found that it can enhance libido in the newly postmenopausal woman. So is that prescribed as a transdermal form? Is that the most common way you would? Right. We have cream that we use and we then check levels. So we'll check a testosterone base level and then every three months and six months and then annually if we would continue it for any period of time. And what level are you looking at? Do we know the normal levels mm -hmm. of testosterone in elderly women or do we use it when they were younger? So we don't, we just make sure we're not giving them too much. Okay. So we don't really have any accurate assays for women. Um, so we use the ones that Mayo um, is able to supply for us, which is basically our target. Mm -hmm. So the goal of checking a level is to make sure you're not getting too much. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now you mentioned earlier that this is really a couple's problem. It's not a female issue. It's not a male issue. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a combination. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when both are satisfied with mm -hmm. whatever activity right. they're having, right. uh, that's that's good. Right. What do you do when there's a mismatch? When one mm -hmm. has a significant interest, the other has mm -hmm. lack of interest, mm -hmm. whether it's male, female, female, male. Sure, sure. So um, we have a sex therapist, okay. and she works with those couples and does a lovely job in terms of s spending time with the female, spending time with the male, because it's all about negotiations. Like any other issue on the table, sexual health and sexual relationships are negotiable. And so it's just helping them find out what's important to each one of them and how they how they then can navigate that. Okay. We talked a little bit about testosterone enhancing libido. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you recommend to enhance sexuality? So we don't use any supplements, and there are supplements out there. Um, small studies for some that may be promising, but the problem too as people age is mixing with other medications, especially anticoagulants. Um, some of them will interact and cause problems. And the FDA does not approve 
supplements, so they're not regulated. So even if you look at the label, what's in the bottle may not be on the label. Mm -hmm. So you're always taking a chance if you take a supplement. So we don't uh, prescribe that, mm -hmm. you know, or as have patients think about supplements. Mm -hmm. We, you know, they, they're kind of on their own on that. Right. Um, so we don't encourage it though. That's okay. what I'd say. I recall maybe five, six years ago, there was this push to use uh, medications like Viagra, Cialis, mm -hmm. Levitra mm -hmm. in women. Mm -hmm. Is there any benefit in mm -hmm. these medications in females? In females. Uh, there are some small studies that did demonstrate that Viagra-like drugs will increase blood flow. Um, insurance companies are not uh, on board, so they usually won't pay for it. We see a lot of multiple sclerosis patients, and sometimes we'll use, uh, use it in that setting, uh, which helps. I mean, a lot of multiple sclerosis patients, it's more about vibratory loss. Um, but sometimes that will be helpful. There's one medication that is uh, FDA approved, and that's called flibanserin, uh, but that was studied in premenopausal women. Um, Postmenopausal women, there were some small studies, uh, so it's not like off the table, but um, it's primarily used in the premenopausal women. Okay. Well, what should healthcare providers be doing with our elderly patients? to inquire about sexual function. Yeah, and I think it's, if we try and normalize it, so that if we're asking about their diabetes or we're asking about their heart, that is, it's just a question about, you know, how's sexual function. Oftentimes, if you want to approach it from, oh, you have diabetes, sometimes people, uh, individuals will have concerns about sexual function because of that. Or the other part, there was a really nice study looked, looking at uh, discussing sexual function after an MI in the hospital, and that people who did not have that discussion when they went out probably did not have sex again for the next year, mm. because they were really concerned about they're going to have another heart attack. So um, for us in EPIC, we were able to add uh, sexual desire and arousal and orgasm into the our, our questionnaire. Mm -hmm. Uh, that goes out to everybody. So now that's there. So that's an opportunity to have the discussion. But just if a person is comfortable, you know, and we encourage physicians or providers in general just to normalize the question as part of your review of systems. And if you're not sure what to do with it, because I think that's what, you right. know, the, the barrier is that you're, you have the answer to the question and then you go, what do I do now? Right. But if you start with, certainly as people age, starting with the vaginal health, that that's really a good place to start the question. Um, and then from there, it's, it's you know, we talk about it's, it's a big reflection of what's going on in the couples or even single people um, because the partner's health does play a big role mm -hmm. in what happens between couples as well. So let's say a provider does get the information that a elderly female is having some sexual concerns mm -hmm. and they feel not really competent to address them, sure. where do they refer these patients? Who, who sees them? So in Rochester and Mayo, um, we have a clinic called the Menopause and Women's Sexual Health Clinic. And so we're happy. We love to see these mm -hmm. patients. And um, we work with all kinds of patients, all you know, all adult females is, is what we work with. And we 
work with um, you know the cancer patients. Um, we have a team of uh, medical providers, so internal medicine, family medicine. We have uh, a sex therapist. Um, we also have someone who works on stress and resiliency. Uh, and we also have a uh, certified uh, psychiatric nurse practitioner who does more of the medication issues uh, for us for mood. So in similar situations, this is a team approach? It's a team approach. And we have pelvic floor physical therapists that do a great job okay. with pain and, yep. All right. We've been discussing sexuality in elderly women with Dr. Carol Cool, an expert in women's health at Mayo Clinic. Carol, thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you. It's delightful. If you've enjoyed Mayo Clinic's Talks podcasts, please subscribe. Stay healthy and see you next week.